Hey, what's going on, everybody? <clears throat> I hope you guys are having a good day. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and welcome to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, today we have a great conversation for you. Uh, you guys know that we have a lot of panels that come through, and we'd like to hear from the perspectives from a lot of different black people, uh, not just not just the bougie Negroes on TV, but the smart black folks that have something uh, productive to say, something intelligent to say, uh, something they can do to add to the conversation. So uh, do me a favor <clears throat> as you come in. Uh, please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button, all that good stuff. Make sure you hit the follow button, the notification bell, everything else, uh, because we're building black media and we can really use your help. Uh, so what is the topic for today? Well, a lot of people uh, were, were talking today about uh, this situation with a coach. Apparently, there's a football coach who's in uh, some deep, some deep, deep stuff because he um, he got a little carried away on the field. And uh, the whole community has been talking about it. Uh, he uh, slapped slapped a kid on the head and uh, all, it pretty much knocked him down. And uh, I'm going to pull the video up in a minute. Uh, but before we get started, I want to uh, – I hope you guys can uh, join me in, uh, first of all, putting hashtag B1 in the chat to let us know that you're black first. Uh, to be here, you have to be black first. You cannot put any community above your own. Uh, so put hashtag B1 in the chat. And I'm going to introduce each of my panelists. Uh, the first panelist I want to introduce is uh, – Mr. John Harris. Uh, John is right there. John is um, he's a former football star at uh, the University of Kentucky. And uh, also he uh, he does a lot of work with Farmer Brown, the MC. And uh, so he's a, a business manager in, in that capacity and does a lot of great things. Uh, also, we have <clears throat> Mr. Jeff Lysey, Jr., who is a regular commentator at the Black Balls Channel. He does ball sports. Uh, what's going on, Jeff? And uh, another person we have is Mr. Juan McAllister, a.k.a. Chef Juan. Uh, what's going on, Juan? How you doing today, man? Pretty good, pretty good. How y'all? Doing good. All right, all right. And uh, the last person we have is uh, uh, Mr. John F. Thomas, who is uh, a writer and director out of Hollywood and uh, and a real cool guy. And he's also contributed on the Black Balls Channel. All right, brother. So let let's hop in this. Let's um let, let me first. You know what? I just found a video of, and I hope it's the right one. I just found a video of of the situation with the coach, and I'm gonna just play this video. So that we can uh, talk about this, and, and also given that we're all black men, I like to believe that we can give him a fair trial. Uh, th this is a jury of his peers. Uh, white people are not his peers, right? So I, I think that uh, we need to give him a fair trial right now, and uh, let, let's just uh, let's let's get this cracking. All right, so I'm gonna share my screen real quick, and uh, we're gonna just watch what the brother had to say and what what went down, and uh, then we'll I'll give you each of your takes on this. So let me uh, hit a button here and uh, spread this across the screen, and. Uh, we're going to hit play now. Okay. So there he is. He looks pretty mad. Uh, there. Okay. Oh, and he, oh, wow. And that, uh, okay. So he's, um, it's pretty bad. Okay, so that that video didn't have um, that video didn't have any audio with it, but uh, but who knows? Maybe it's like a a moment of silence. <laughs> I feel like we're having a moment of silence for his football career because I, I don't know if he's gonna get too many coaching opportunities after after going viral or yeah. something like that. 
start with uh, I'm, I'm gonna start with the uh, OG in the room, John. Uh, John is um, John, I knew John back in college. He's been my my buddy since uh, since '96. So John, uh, and also you you know what it's like to be on the football field at a high level. I mean, you were recruited by all the NFL teams and everything else. And I remember you were a star at Kentucky. Um, what do you think that regular people need to understand about this this incident? That maybe they don't get, or, or or do you just think it was just straight up over the line, no excuses? What what, what do you think about that? Well, this situation, uh, my initial gut first reaction is like I don't have any kids, but my uh, initial reaction is, oh, I wish them would. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> I wish them would. You know, he um, in a lot of line, in a lot of ways, he did cross the line. Uh, especially as he's young, he's supposed to be there in a position to help develop those young men, help gain their confidence, you know, help them be able to find their inner strength and uh, and also to perform under pressure. Uh, but he crossed the line. Especially, I mean, I mean, three times, first you hit him, then you knock him down, then you shake him and then push him off the side to the sideline. That's too much for a nine year old. That's uh, I believe. And I think most people will believe that's too much for a nine-year-old. However, um, in football, you know, football is not a uh, grace. At times, it can be, but at the at the end of the day, it's a pretty brute. It's a brute man sport. So, I mean, on one hand, a lot of times in football, you will find that kind of that kind of reaction. But on the other hand, with nine-year-olds, that's way too much. It's way too much. I've had too many coaches. I've, I've been with too many coaches, great coaches, and I—I I mean, they can and they've—they've they've been able to do it without that kind of physical, you know, physical touch. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me ask you, John. Um, now, now the incident—I didn't—I didn't get a chance to look this up. But what? What? Where did this happen? Did this happen down in Florida? It was in Florida. The, uh, well, yeah, uh, well, it was in Georgia, I believe, at a football tournament. But kissing me, Florida. Yeah, yeah, it happened in Florida. The team's from Georgia, right? Okay, the from Georgia. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, the kid had actually. He, I think he had like he had uh, a few fumbles that game, and he was coming off of another fumble, and you know, basically, he's caught. You know, making it hard for his team to win, and I guess his coach was uh, voicing his displeasure. So to speak. Mm. Okay. All right. So, so let me uh, ask uh, this. And, and and by the way, the, I, uh, some of you are sharing the, the coach's apology, and I see Dual Victory is sharing that. Thank you, Dual. And I'm going to actually uh, pull up his apology because I, I want to make sure we we hear all facts on this. You know, because I I don't want to just repeat what whatever the white media is saying. I think that as black men, like our first obligation has to be to make sure he's fully heard. But but then again, though, when you're wrong, you're wrong. Uh, so uh, Jeff Lightsey Jr., I know you covered a lot of this stuff on the the, the Black Boss Channel. Uh, tell us uh, what your take is, just you know, as a sports guy. So, uh, like 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 John said, when I originally saw it, it was just like, whoa, like man, you just you just knocked out a nine year old, like you just laid him out, and and he was caught on camera. But then after like watching it, and after thinking about like my experience with football, and I played little league football. I had to think about it, and I was like, that isn't uncommon. Now, what I mean by that is in 2020, it might be uncommon. 
but but I'm 25, so I was nine years old over 15 years ago. So if we go back, you know, to 15 years ago or 16 years ago, whatever, when I played little league football, coaches put their hands on kids. Like I mean, that that mm-hmm. happened, and and I believe. And it wasn't just my coaches, and John can probably speak to it. Like coaches put, like I, they may have not struck a kid as hard as he struck that kid, but I've no. seen a coach hit a kid in the head before. Like that—that's not uncommon. Like multiple times. Like I, I, I like to, to say, sit here and say, "Oh my God!" Like I've never seen nothing like that before. It's, it's the craziest thing in the world. I'd be lying because that—that that happens at the little league level. Now in 2020, it's uncommon because cameras are everywhere, and we know what head trauma does to. Uh, does not just to kids, but to adults and CTE and all the studies are now come out. But 10, 20 years ago, like that was, and maybe it's still even common just without cameras. And I think, and, and when I say that, like people are reacting like they should, because he was wrong. Don't get me wrong. When I say that that is not uncommon, that doesn't mean that it's right. I'm still saying that the coach is wrong for putting his hands on that child. But even if you go back and watch the way football was played 15 years ago, like Hits like that aren't allowed. Like you're not allowed. Like players can't even hit each other on the field that hard anymore. But to say that I've never seen a coach put his hands on a on a child, like not just a player, but a child before, I've definitely seen it before. It was excessive, but I have seen that before. It just got caught on camera, and and I hate it. I hate it for the kid. I hate it for the coach. But I wasn't surprised that the parent decided not to press charges or anything because once again I believe that coach really does care for that kid I believe that coach really does care for his team but it was excessive and that's why uh all the backlash and discipline uh came right after you know I, I'm it's funny you say that I I, I wasn't I'd be curious to know give everybody give me a yes or no Je- Jeff made a point that I, I would like to get the audience's take on this yes or no uh Jeff said the coach I believe the coach really cares for the kid uh, so everybody, if you believe he really cares for the kid, put a yes. If you don't think he cares about the kid, put a no. Uh, put a yes or no in the chat. Do you think that he did it uh, partly because he cared for the kid? Uh, yes or no. Uh, and I'm going to ask my panelists. I'm going to go to you uh, uh, next, John. Um, uh, John F. Thomas. Um, you know, give me a yes or no. Do you, do you think he cared for the kid or do you think he cared more about winning championships, right? Because, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I've I've always been astonished by how serious – like these grown ass men will take like peewee football, you know, like I understand being competitive and all that. I used to be a youth track coach and I hated to lose. I hate it when we didn't practice hard enough. I hate it when I also hate it when the mothers will come to practice because the baby, you know, look, the 10 year olds crying like, oh, it's too hard. And, and the mama will take the child off the track and be like, my baby needed some water. And we're like, you leave, get out of here because we need to put your baby through hell so they can be ready to try to win. Right. And and that's what's required. Right. That's that masculinity is necessary. If you want to win, you got to go through some stuff. But in this case, I didn't feel like he did it because he cared. That, that, that wasn't to me. That wasn't no love tap. That came up to me like I'm pissed because we might win the championship and you are fucking it up. Uh, what, what do you think, John F. Thomas? What, what's your thought on this? Uh, do, do you think he cared or did, do you think he did it because he cared or because he didn't care? Or what do you think? I think he I think he cares, but uh, the amount of his care for the the game and the championship outweighed what he felt for their child. Mm. And even in this sense, if you think about it, if that's your first instinct to because I like, you know, Jeff was saying and like John was saying before. Yeah, we've been I played football before in, in middle school. You know, I've been hit before, but not in that way. Like if a football coach was upset or the assistant coach was upset. 
the most. They might use the clipboard pap, on your helmet, not to where the clipboard broke, but just to get your attention, get your head in the game. Or they might slap you on your shoulder pad like, pap, what are you doing? Come on, get out there. And they'll just give you a push, not to push you on the ground, because that's a child, man. That's a child. Like, they're not even, I haven't really seen anybody do that to a, an, a teenager or a grown man where they push another player onto the ground. So I, that, that was very excessive to me. So I think he loved the game in a sense more than he cared about their child. And for that to be your first instinct to attack the child in that manner, to push him on the ground and, and push him so hard that he almost falls over. Uh, you need therapy in this sense, because how have you been raised? You know what I'm saying? Cause that's your first instinct to, I'm going to attack you. I'm going to show you my strength and, you know, be like, dude, you, you, this, this cowardly, I would say. Mm. Okay. All right. So one, um, yes or no. Do you, you think he did it because he cared or do you think he did uh, about the kid, not about winning? We know he cared about something, right? Cause he, he might go to jail cause whatever it was he cared about, but you think he did it uh, because he cared about the kid or no, you think he did it because he cared more about winning or what are your thoughts on that? Oh, what? Let me see. I, I think your mic's muted, Juan. Oh, hello. Yep. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah. Um, I didn't hear the question. I was having some bad feedback, but I had some points that um kind of alluded to what the um um brother John from uh, I guess played football from Kentucky was alluding to was that you know coaching is when you you are trying to develop um from your experience as a coach the individual and you know you're trying to provide guidance and this and that and then you have discipline, which is when you're training someone to obey a code or rules but you know you're trying to make sure their behavior is either punished you know from you know i guess to correct the disobedience but then you got the next level is where you're, you're talking about abuse right now is where you know you got a bad effect with a person and you're using cruelty and violence and i think that's this was neither uh disciplining this wasn't coaching this act was pretty much an abusive act and um, I just don't I just don't think that he really at that particular moment showed any kind of compassion toward the, the child. I mean, it was like you said, it was a nine year old child, you know, wasn't even an adult, even going going to that extreme, even with an adult was extreme. But when you're talking about a child, you're talking now you're talking about a whole nother level of abuse. And that to me is um, pretty much where I saw it. Mm. OK, so. uh mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a we actually have a, a a female perspective in here, which I think is good because you know we we all have our perspective. Mo- most of us play sports. I don't. Which of you guys? Mm-hmm. I know John. I know Jeff uh, played football. John F. Thomas, you play Juan. Do you play a sport? Football, basketball, track, anything like that? Yeah, I used to play basketball. Intramural basketball was in college. Um, I never played like football, like actual coach coach football like that. But um, you know, just out there in the street. You know, mm. that was back in the seventies. You know, I used to pretend I was Lynn Swan or somebody, but nothing <laughs> like that. But nothing like that. But I've never had even uh coaching. Um, I mean, I was in a fraternity. I mean, I actually, mm. I'm in a fraternity. Um, but you know, so you so you know you know what it's like to get beat a little bit. Well, no, I know. I'll tell you this. That never. That's I laugh. That never happened to me. 
<laughs> That's a whole sure. other story. Sure. All right. So, <laughs> you know, so that me, never happened to me. Let, let, let me bring in a, a woman's. Let me bring in a woman's point of view on this. Um, so, uh, Ro, you know, I, I assume you saw the video uh, with the coach, and uh, and what and you and you mentioned earlier. I'm gonna tell y'all. Ro said that people don't want to hear my perspective. People will not be ready for it. Which that made me that much more interested in hearing what she had to say. So, Ro, uh, give us your take and give us your honest take on on just that whole situation. What you saw. Um, I want to preface again by saying that I, especially with this subject, I generally have a very unpopular opinion. Um, I come from a family that does not uh, tolerate or excuse hitting children at all. And like I said before, I come from an extremely pro-Black family. So for us to be so pro-Black and so anti-hitting um, children is really odd in Black America. Um, my husband asked me, I asked my husband before we even met uh, what he thought about spanking and hitting children. And my husband, if you all are not aware, he is from Martinique and from France. He's a Black man from Martinique and from France. And he told me that he didn't understand the question because he thought that that was over in the 70s. And I didn't tell him immediately that, no, it's definitely not over. Black people are still hitting each other. Um, I believe that we are focusing on the wrong thing. We're focusing on this one guy. We're focusing on football. We are again focusing on entertainment. And the truth is what we are seeing is the extinction of Black America and the fighting and kicking on our way down. There will be so many more incidents like this. They will be multiplied. They will. When we saw Bill Cosby go to jail, we should all have had a huge wake up call that this is going to get deeper and deeper and deeper until things explode. And basically we're actually living in the explosion. While we're living, living in an explosion, while we're going down, we still have managed to be able to pretend that we can focus on football, right? Mm. I, have a, I have a problem with a people who change focuses every couple of weeks. I have a problem with the fact that our people don't seem to be able to focus longer than two weeks. I actually had a contest with Black people on how long they could focus. And if people were able to focus, they could get a free trip to Paris, which everybody wanted, right? Mm. There were 200 people in this contest. One person made it to the end, and all they had to do was check in one time daily and say, still focused. One person. <laughs> one person. So I beg everybody to understand that this is actually not about um, the importance of black children and, and being hit. This is about talking about the next focus. Mm. And it's also about the fact that the people don't want our elephants showing, okay? We're embarrassed by the fact that we are, it have been in America for 401 years, we're still not treated in any type of humane way. 
And it embarrasses us to have to talk about one of the worst elephants in the room in our culture, which is the abuse of black children. Mm. Okay, so um, abuse, that's that's an interesting term. And, I, and I'll tell you what, uh, when I was asking uh, what people thought <clears throat> about this action, if he did it because he cared about the kid or if he did it because he cared about something else, uh, a lot of you felt that he he didn't care about the kid, but then there were some of you who felt that he did it out of love. And I and I and what I think about is this, <clears throat> you know, I grew up, um, I, I got spanked when I was little, you know, and I had a tough father. My father was a Vietnam veteran uh, who went, who's gone through a lot, and uh, sometimes his his uh, his tough love turned into anger, right? And uh, that anger was probably considered abusive. And <clears throat> when I look back on that. Um, I, a part of me, you know, obviously would be very mad about that. Like it didn't, you didn't have to do it that way. But then there's another part of me that felt like, you know, life, life can be abusive. You know, um, I know the, I know other feelings that are experiences I've had losing. <clears throat> if you're an athlete, losing, getting your ass kicked can be, can feel abusive. It, that, that, that's very painful. Um, being humiliated because you're not prepared, prepared for battle can be abusive. Uh, you're yeah, in so a- those are adult things. And when, right. in our <laughs> culture, we're so the main thing that we do in our culture, because almost 100% of us were hit as children, the number one thing that we do is we try to rationalize it and normalize it and say, okay, well, other things have happened to me. No, we are traumatized people. Mm. We have never healed from the beatings that we had 400 years ago. We're actually making up degrees, talking about there's a degree of hitting, there's a degree of this and a degree of that. He shouldn't have hit him like this. He should have hit him some other kind of way. I do not accept this. My father wasn't hit. My father lived to be 67 years old. Now, did your father play football? That's what I was about to say. This my football. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. In football, you get hit a lot. And they, <laughs> they want to break the legs. Right, right. But I think that we have to have that balance, though. It can't just yeah, be football. hitting is always bad. Because then that that would nullify the whole game. You are absolutely all together, right? Listen, what country on earth? Football is a collision sport. Uh, which countries? Oh, that's a good Canada, one. Canada, well, United States. Or maybe boxing, right? A lot of countries have boxing. You get hit but in boxing. Football involves damage to the frontal lobe. But they get hit involves damage to the frontal lobe that that is irreparable. Yeah. Football means that you are willing to lose your brain matter to try to make some money. Trying to sell your body, that's like selling your body because you're a slave. <laughs> okay, well, look, look. My father played lots of things, lots of masculine things. My father will not risk his mind to play football. That would be the no, no, I, I do, I do agree father. with that, right? Like, so let, let me let me talk to a guy who, who probably took some hits to the frontal low, but he's, he's still smart enough to respond to the question. John, John so John's the best football player in, in the group, right? Uh, John, I was looking at a brother today online, actually, literally today, Myron Rowe, who's a neurosurgeon uh, who also was a star at Florida State. He, yeah, you know, and, and he actually, to, to Rowe's point, he actually pissed off the NFL. Because he actually said that my academics is more is just as important, if not more important, than playing football. They took that as a lack of commitment. Like you're not serious if you want to go do this educational thing. But he did it anyway. He went and became a role scholar. Then he came back to the NFL. And I think he had a good career there. I don't know who he played for, but I'm sure you guys can tell me. But so so what do you think about that in terms of just, you know, when you as as a player go out there and and you you said this, you don't remember this conversation you and I had. 
we had this con- – man, I swear, this tells you how old we are. Me and John had this conversation 24 years ago, and John was explaining to me. I was, I, was, I was your math tutor. I remember that. And John told me, he said, every time I go on the field, I'm putting my life on the line. Every time I step out there, I'm risking my life. And, and I never forgot that. And so knowing that you're going out there and you're risking your life, what, would, what makes you go out there and take those hits and risking your life? What, what was it about it that, that drove you to want to be a great football player despite all the risk and the, everything that Rogers mentioned? Because of where I came from, the struggles I had to deal with, you know, growing up off Moncrief Road in Jacksonville, Florida. You know, Cat Williams did a special down there in Jacksonville, and he talks about Moncrief Road. And it's like literally one of the most dangerous streets in America. And um, this was home for me. So, you know, trying to make my friends and family proud there, just not wanting to go back to that kind of struggle. You know, there's a lot of different motivations. You know, for me, you know, my mother sat me down in eighth grade and said, you're going to college. No, I can't pay for it. Figure it out. And uh, football was one of the answers I had. You know, I didn't have to play football, but I liked hitting people. <laughs> you know, I like hitting people, and 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 I got uh, cheered for it, and it paid for my school. You know, my I got my economics degree because I hit people well. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and I, and I know your uh, your 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 late mother. She was really big on education. But yes. She, to the you know to Rose Point. Um, you know, because I remember you were a great student in school too, right? Like a straight A student, and all that stuff, right? Uh, off and on, I had but, but pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did make the dean's list, but you know, I had some slim years too. But I was in the midst of a lot of other, you know, when I had when I got hurt playing football, and I had football taken away from me, that was took me to a low place. But um, dealing with abusing kids. Uh, I think as a community, as a black community, we do need to understand that there are a lot more different ways to uh, discipline our kids. For instance, for me, I had a very creative uh, mother and father. Like, whatever I did wrong, like, say, if I told a lie, this is when I was a very young child, but if I told a lie, I had to write, I will not tell a lie 10,000 times, neat and numbered, and I was on punishment until that task was done. When I say punishment, Literally, all I could do was wake up, uh, use the bathroom, eat, and go to club and go to school. That's it. You know, I, I, my 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 when I got put on punishment, they felt like jail terms. Like they were at months at a time. You know what I'm saying? My father would make me write the dictionary as punishment. I have excellent penmanship to this day. You know, I write like a girl. You know. But, <laughs> But it gave me positive reinforcement. I was reading things. I was still learning. It was punishment. The punishment form was I couldn't do what I wanted to do. But while I could not do what I wanted to do, I'm at least learning something. Mm, interesting. Okay. So, so let me jump in and uh, ask uh, Jeff. Um, you know, okay, so let's 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 go back to what this guy did, right? Uh, I think I, I'm guessing most of us can agree that he did too much. He shouldn't have done what he did. Um are we? Do you think that we're saying, Jeff, that any form of physical engagement with the kid was was just all, all out, you know out of bounds? Or what if he just walks up and smacked him on his helmet? Like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Well, like, I, do you think that would be. What, what do you think? 
I think some people would find that more acceptable, right? I mean, but we have to realize that the the climate that we're in, as far as you know, we've advanced as a country, we've advanced as a, as a people. But like I said, when I grew up, I saw coaches put their hands on kids like that. That isn't uncommon. Like, and I'm sure they still are to this day. Not to say that it's right or wrong, but I think what most people are saying is not not the fact that. Some folks obviously are saying he should have never touched them, right? Like, I mean, like to Rose's point, they're saying that is just doing too much. But football is a physical game. They're out there getting touched all the whole entire time. I think most people are saying it was excessive, right, to hit a kid with so much force that you knock him to the ground after already striking him once, right? You already mm-hmm. struck him once. Then you hit him so so hard that he fell to the ground. Then to John, uh, John Thomas's point, that you throw him off the field. Right, like after that, so you you got a three for one, which is just out of control. Like that was mm-hmm. the excessive nature. But to say that any form of discipline during the course of a football game, you fumble three times, some sort of discipline is going to take place. Whether it's getting chewed out, cursed at, uh, yelled at, no. Um, no. on the football field, that's what's going to happen. I mean, that, that's just what takes place. The children need fathers. The coach mm. knows that the children don't have fathers. And this is why you're seeing I, these normal well, what, 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 I don't know about that, though. Father, I don't know like, about that. Like, I, I play you football. I have a father. What, what, what do you think, Ro? No, I mean, there, there's some, there's some dads out there. Don't have fathers. There, there's some dads out there, though. I, I, some I of them don't, but some of them do. But, but, that, but, that wouldn't, but he wouldn't be allowed to hit my son like that. Like, you exactly. hit my son, like, I'm going to slap you the exact same way you just slapped my son. Right, like that. That so I do agree with that point, but but I, I don't know if it's missing fathers. It's I mean, football really is a violent sport, right? It is. And, and I and think you, you, and you can't be soft and play football. Like at the end of the day, you cannot. If you want to be successful, you can be soft and be a garbage team. But football is a like like John Henry said, it's a collision sport. Like the whole purpose, the whole purpose of the game is to enforce your known. will on another man. So if I'm enforcing my will, well, let Ro get a point. Wait, wait, I have on. known Wally Williams um, as a friend when I lived in New Orleans. He played for the New Orleans Saints, and he told me several times that Ro, they treat us in a way that we don't want to talk about. They treat us like they own us because they do. You mean they treat he, us, was, was he talking about the Saints? The owners of the the owners and the coaches. Mm, right. He okay. said they treat us, they trade us, and they treat us. They don't just trade us, and it's a funny, interesting word. They literally treat us like property. He had a son. He did not. He refused to allow his son to learn football or to practice or be even be interested mm. in football. He's mm. like, I'm not getting beat up in my head and ruining myself and ruining my body and shortening my life for my son mm. to repeat this. If my if I'm gonna mm. do it, that's gonna be the end of that because I will not have my son be treated like like I am. I'm the slave. Now, I, I do think that's a legitimate point. Like, I, I will say that once that CTE movie came out and the depth of the brain damage, I know a lot of guys who played a lot of years in the NFL who were like, I wouldn't have done this again. Like, um, what was that guy's name? Y'all, y'all got to help me, the football experts uh, that played for the Steelers, Antoine Randall L. That's it. And um, and I had met him made, right before, it was actually before the CTE stuff had gotten real big. I had just started hearing about it. And we were at a, like a, um, like a speaking thing. And we were just sitting in the hallway talking. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, do you know anybody that has that, that CTE, that brain damage thing? He said, Oh yeah, I got a lot of friends like that. He said, I got, I got friends that that can't, that'll go pick up their kids from school and can't remember how to get back home and you know, stuff like that. Or they'll see you and talk to you. And then two minutes later, they'll, 
they'll greet you again as if they never had the conversation with you the first time. And um, and I didn't know that it had actually affected him. So a year later, Antoine was in the USA Today on the cover, and he said, "Now this is a guy who won a Super Bowl." You know, uh, he said, I, "I wish I'd never played football." Because uh, he talked about the symptoms he was having from CTE and all that. So I, I do think that there's a conversation that, uh, to be had with that, right? Yeah, now, so we're no, talking go about this going, hey, if you want to be good, no, we don't want to be good. Okay? We want. Our well, well, you got to speak for yourself on that, Why are our children for sale? Us. Mm. Why do we have to sell our children's bodies for, and their brains? Why? Why is it that that that's a good point. Wait, say it again. White people play football too, though. Yeah, that oh, is we're not talking about them. We're not. I don't want to focus on them. I want to focus on us. Well, well, and look at the life that's going on for us. You got police trying to kill us. We're killing ourselves. Gang violence. Uh, very good points. And the more and it's we, a violent the world, more we get physical and with to our deal children, with a violent world, you need to know how to deal with violence violently. No, mm -mm. This is not a violent yes, you world. Do. This is not a violent world. It's a violent country. Well, the you know, this is not America. Just the bit. more that we put our hands on our children, everybody got the news. more that we put our hands on our children, the more they, the they are going world. to be compliant. You know, y'all sound like y'all sound like the argument me and Alicia just had too. Alicia, you know, she she tells me that war is never necessary, and I'm like, no. If war is declared on you, you better be able to fight back, or they conquer, right? That's so, definitely so, true. So, no, so I'm telling you, that is definitely true because I, you know, that's the father that I come from. You know, war. You got to be ready for war. Okay, right. I totally get it. But the more the only way to get ready to fight is, is to know how to deal with getting punched in the mouth and how to punch people in the <laughs> no. mouth. And that's what no. football's about. No. And how to and how to and how this, to bob and no. weave. <laughs> <laughs> My granddaddy always told me that let's let I have heard from Juan or John F. Thomas. Let let the let, let so Juan oh. will go to you and then John. What what do you think about all of this, mm -hmm. uh, Juan? What what's going through your head? No. Okay. First of all, mm. this was not yeah. a fair fight. The coach, I mean, basically sucker punched him like he was grown man, grown ass man. First of all, and this, my 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 point too was that it seemed to me that there really wasn't any ramifications for this guy's actions on what he did to that boy with them other coaches that were standing around from what I saw the rest of the videos. I didn't even know he actually like drug him off. I didn't see the entire video that you just shown the other boys, but I didn't realize he had drug him off, but like no one did nothing. And it's like, if I was there, we would have been talking about another incident being perfectly honest with you, because it was almost like reminiscent of the, like Joel Floyd situation when he was sitting there dying, but you had all these spectators and like no one really wanted to step up and do anything about it. And my thing is, you know, the kid, you know, he's a nine-year-old kid. He's still developing, maybe understanding the game. But to come, I mean, there's something mentally wrong with this, with this, with this coach. And even his apology, which I guess we'll get into that later, was something I just dissected. And I just can't believe some of the stuff that was coming out of that Negro's mouth. To be perfectly honest with you, but I, I, I agree with Ro. This, this is, a, a, you know, that wasn't a fair fight. He wasn't, he, he wasn't trying to be. Um, he he wasn't coaching at that point, in my opinion. He wasn't coaching at all. This was just straight up abuse, abuse. Well, 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 let me ask you all about this then. Um, so John F. Thomas, the uh, the mother 
of the child did not want to press charges against the coach. Um, she, I think, I don't know if she felt like it should be handled internally or she felt like it shouldn't be handled at all. Um, do you think that the mother's opinion should matter at all? Or do you think that the, the authorities were right to say, we don't care what the mother wants to do. The state said, we don't care what the mother says. We're going to prosecute. Uh, what do you think about that? I think that, um, I mean, the mother's opinion does count. But at that point, uh, since nobody was there to step on the field and you have a lot of other fathers that would come out there and just be like, I mean, that came out and even celebrity fathers, you know, regular fathers and celebrity fathers that came out and said, I would have put my hands on that dude. I mean, it's, it's, it's uniform where it's just like, hey, that's not cool. Just like we said, that was very excessive. That was too much. And this guy needs therapy. Like he really, and, and the sad thing is this dude, not only is he a coach, but he's also a, a counselor at um, at the, the, the sheriff's station. I think for the, what is it? For the, the Chapman County Detention Center. So, so he is a counselor there. So also on top of that, you should really know better. Because you are dealing with people who, who deal with the law and you're supposed to, again, this is police officer, you're supposed to be a peace officer. And, you know, that's not really mostly true. But, you know, it's, it's just like do, uh, across the board. I mean, if you in, if you do this here, ain't no telling what you do on the field when you don't have these yeah. people here. You don't have cameras around. Ain't no telling what you do uh, when you get back to the, the locker room, for instance. Mm-hmm. And this is what he did in front of everybody. So, and like I said, yeah. this is your, your first Instinct, that's the first thing I'm going to do is knock this kid over, knock him down. Mm-hmm. You're doing too much. Like, what, what, uh, what, what's, the, what's the next line? If, that's, if you cross that line, ain't no telling what you're going to do. Cause you, right. Well, let, let, me, let me show you his apology. Um, I'm going to pull up his apology so everybody can kind of hear from him directly. These are, at, these are the words out of his mouth. Uh, and so as we do this, everybody, please uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, this is our all black intellectual chocolate panel. We do a lot of panels every single week, typically 8 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you subscribe to drboystv.com. Or you can also go to the theallblackagenda.com where you can get free resources on the all black agenda and uh, make your family better. Uh, that's the goal. So hit the thumbs up button. Everybody thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Also hit the notification bell and all that stuff. So I'm going to share with you the uh, video of his apology. And I'd like to um, uh, go go circle back to uh, John, um, uh, Big John, uh, the football player, and ask him what his his thoughts are on the apology and whether it's an adequate apology or not. So give me a second. Let me let me share my screen real quick. Uh, let's see here. All right. Okay. I'm sharing my audio. Here we go. excuses for what I did. I was wrong. I should have disciplined him in public. I should have waited till he got back to doing what he did. At the end of the day, I apologize to him, kids, the city, down here, and I found him back at home. I do apologize. There's no excuse for my actions. You know? I hope you know, he forgave me and his parents have forgiven me. So nobody else should be bashing. Thank you. All right. So were you guys able to hear that apology clearly or did it sound kind of low? You able to hear? I heard it, yeah. Okay. Okay, good stuff. All right. So um let me ask, let me start with you, John Harris. Um uh what did you think about the apology? Again, that apology would have been a lot differently. That apology would have came out a lot different um if 
when he did that to that child on that sideline, if it wasn't that child's father, if a father would have went down there and confronted him on the spot, mm. that that I guarantee you that that, that uh, po- apology would have went a lot different. <laughs> and um, that's that's the problem. That's the main problem I have is that in the moment on the spot when they was present and that and those actions were being placed, that's when that child should have been protected. That somebody should have confronted that coach, and that's when it should have been handled. As far as um, whatever happens after that, whether it be uh, him, uh, you know, with the law or him getting charged, it's irrelevant. It should have been handled on that field at that moment in the present time when that child was getting hurt. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, so you think that if there had been a father, if there were fathers involved, which which goes back to Rose's point, you're you're right. It's hard to imagine a kid with a father in the stands with the father watching his son get beat like that by another man. Right. That, exactly. That's an interesting point. Uh, Je- Jeff Lightsey Jr. What are your thoughts? Well, we also have to, well, first on the apology was weak, right? Like it was, it, it wasn't compassionate. He was still trying to be tough and strong and like, man, it's over, bro. Like you, you hit this kid, you were excessive. There's no need to be a tough guy anymore. There's no need to show that you this manly man or, the kid, uh, the kid accepted me. The mother accepted me. So everybody else, all the trolls, y'all going somewhere? No, man. When you go viral, like when you do something in the public sphere and you go viral, you're gonna get opinions and you're gonna get people that bash you or that call you out of your name or do whatever. You just got to live with that. Like that is what it is. What I will say is that we have to put things into context. Um, <clears throat> as far as like him not being approached, yes, his coaches and everybody should have should have ran up on dude. Like should have should have corrected that at the time. We have to remember that this team was out of town and in sporting events, they're not allowing like it's a capacity on fans or whoever in the building. So the coaches should have confronted him. I will say his family or whatever probably wasn't there or wasn't there to, to jump up on dude simply because they were in Florida and this team is based out of Georgia. So that family probably didn't make that cross, you know, cross town trip or whatever. So that, that uh, we do have to take that into account a little bit as well. But the apology was, was hella weak. Like it was, it was more along the lines of, yeah, I'm still trying to be tough. I'm still trying to be a football coach or whatever in this moment. But at this moment right now, like we know that that was excessive. We know what you did was wrong. You just need to own up to that and, and let everybody know that, hey, I'm wrong. And this is what I'm trying to do to correct it. All right, Ro, uh, what is your thought on the apology? I think that Black American men need to increase their masculinity and protective skills and marry some of these mothers. Mm. Okay. That's what I think. All right. <laughs> right to the point. All right, Juan, your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I broke about three points. First, he felt as though there was no need for anyone to bash him, right? for what happened mm-hmm. simply because the mother forgave him. And that was an indication on Rose's point that there seems to be no father present maybe in this young boy's life. And to me, that was just some mental illness on his part. He had no accountability for his actions. Then he blamed his actions on the fact that he's a man, which kind of threw me because it's like, oh, okay, so now you're trying to say just because you're a man, you don't, you know, you make mistakes or something like that. But you have really no... Um, idea as to what real manhood is and that's going back to Rose's point that you know you need to step up as a man finally what really got me totally disturbed was that he said that 
the uh, the major problem that he felt he shouldn't have done what he did in in public. He should have done it privately. Now, what in the hell were you gonna do privately with this this boy? Right. You know. Yeah. What what, what yeah. is that about? You know. So it's like you know, no accountability for his actions, none at all. And it wasn't an apology. It was just a statement to me because it sounded like some Trump BS what came out of mm. his mouth to me. But it. Just, it just annoys me that he would just basically do what he did to this kid and this abuse. It was, like I said, it's just straight up abuse. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, so uh, John F. Thomas, I'm curious. Um, you know, so he, he mentions, uh, I'm going to read this part that really got my attention. He says, I shouldn't have disciplined him in public. I should have waited till we got back for doing what he did. At the end of the day, I apologize to him. The kids, the city out here, my family back at home, I do apologize. There's no excuse for my actions. I almost feel like, um, you know, it's interesting. First of all, he, he got fired from his job, by the way, in case anybody wants to know, uh, it, you know, their job at the detention center. Uh, that's you know, what happens when you go viral. But also, you know, when he says, I should have, I should have done this in private, it's almost like he's snitching on himself. You know, like, like, you know, like, like you're just basically saying, yeah, if, if, if nobody had been watching, I would have done the same thing. So there wouldn't be any evidence. Um, it almost makes him guiltier. Like his apology made things worse. Uh, what, what do you think, John? John F. Thomas? Uh, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that because, I mean, again, we got to remember not only was he a football coach for this team, he was also a, a counselor for the sheriff office's detention center. So he works with police officers and we've seen this kind of apology a lot of times before from police officers who have killed black men and black children, black women mm-hmm. in the streets. And then they basically they give this weak half, you know, ass apology. And that's the same thing he's given because he's around, he's in that community where it's just like, man, whatever, I don't care. Uh, I'm sorry I got caught. And that's just not cool. And for him to say, I should have disciplined him in private. No, you shouldn't have done that at all. That's that's the thing. You shouldn't have done that at all. If you are to be a man, and he mentions man, but he has the definition of man wrong. Being a man means just because you can doesn't mean you should. I can do a lot of things, but it doesn't mean I should do those things. You know, so to be a man is more than just me flexing my muscle, flexing my strength. I have to use my mind, too. Let me see. Is this the right way to reach this kid? This kid is looking up to me. I'm his coach. These years are his formative years where when he grows up, he's going to remember these years later on. Like, oh, man, I had a really great coach or my coach was an mm-hmm. asshole. Mm-hmm. Because when he went about doing this, yep. and this will be, this will be yep. my last point, yep. is if you are going to – you're basically showing him fear, which will lead to anger, then resentment, then retribution or a recycled version of what was done to him. So he might enact that same thing upon somebody else, whether that be his family, yep. his friends, or somebody that he's mentoring. Mm. So you're just repeating that same cycle. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody who's watching, I want to let you guys know who, yeah, uh, what we're danger. doing here. That's the danger. Uh, we, we, are, uh, we are here with an all-black intellectual chocolate panel discussing uh, the coach down in um, uh, Florida, uh, out of Georgia, who uh, uh, beat the little kid, the little nine-year-old, smacked him upside the head, knocked him down and stuff like that. And I think the panel decided that he's that he needs to correct some shit. I mean, that, I think that's the the verdict for sure. 
Uh, we don't hate him. We just uh, we want to see him do better. We want to see what's best for the kids. So everybody who's watching, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell right now. Please do that. Also, if you want to hear the voices of black men uh, and on, on a lot of issues from sports to politics to hip hop to everything else, go to the blackballschannel.com. T-H-E. It's right there on the screen. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Uh, so black men are talking and we should be listening because brothers have things to say, too. So, um, by the way, so I want to. Uh, 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 make make a quick thought, or share a quick thought, and then I'd like for each of our panelists to maybe in 60, 90, just give me your final thought on this in terms of how to move forward from here, what we can learn from this too. I think it's really important. And uh, and I'll say this, I, I, I really, um, I'm, not, I'm not a person who wants to be naive about how the world works. Um, I believe human beings can do terrible things to each other. I think that you need men prepared to deal with that. And sometimes your preparation comes uh, in a form that could be almost defined as being tough and traumatic. I, I, I've gone through some trauma, and uh, by processing the trauma, though, I found that anything that makes me strong to this day uh, comes from the fact that I went through some hell. Any heaven I have now, have access to now, uh, is because I went through hell. I went to the very bottom in order to have a chance to reach the top, and I just believe that that's just kind of how life works. However, I think that there's a way to do it with love, where the good out- always outweighs the bad, and I think that this coach smacking him upside the head and all that and doing this at the age of nine where he can't real fully even comprehend exactly what's going on or why I thought that was over the top, you know, but, uh, but anyway, I'd like to start with John, um, uh, John, uh, big John. So John, uh, John Harris, I, I've known him for 20 some years. I should know you. John Harris. Um, uh, what is your final thought on this? You know, in terms of what we could take away from it and, uh, and how to move forward, how to kind of process these things when we see these things happen. Well, first of all, I think is, um, Black men, I'm speaking to you out there. If you can step in, if you can intervene, if you can stop, do it. You know, that's that's our job. And um, I also wanted, I also wanted to just point out that there are a lot of coaches across this country, all over our community, that are giving their time, you know, blood, sweat, tears, years to these kids to help them develop the be. Uh, better individuals and they're doing a great job and you know uh they are being second and surrogate fathers to a lot of kids and are doing it and are doing a great job i just want to salute those guys and you know hold them up because they're not getting rich for doing it you know they're doing it out of love Mm. Okay. All right. So uh thanks for that point john and uh and you're right so so john is also saying take care of your damn kids you know, so your kid ain't out here being smacked upside the head by a stranger. He should at least get his head smacked by you. <laughs> at least teach him how to do it. I'm joking. I'm just joking. Right. But if anybody was, if any man was slapping me upside the head when I was nine, I wanted it to be my daddy, not somebody else's daddy. Right. But, but really being mm-hmm. smacked upside the head at nine, we can debate whether or not that's necessary. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if I need to get, get, get smacked a little bit. But that, we'll talk about that another day. That's my craziness coming out. Uh, so, uh, Jeff Lightsey Jr., your final thought. Uh, just <clears throat> like I said, there's a way of even in the game of football of you know letting someone know that they did something wrong without being overly aggressive, without trying to show that you're this big manly man, without trying to hurt someone, right, or without hurting someone. Like you can you can prove a point without being excessive and without doing damage to a child, and that is what I think is just our biggest takeaway in this aspect because we know football is a violent sport. We know that they're going out there and they're hitting each other and stuff, but the coach don't need to be putting his hands on the kids and doing what they, you know, what this man did. And like, and kind of just to John Harris point, just 
we, we have to step up as a community and not allow some of the, the things that were done to us to continue to do that, right? Like that, just because it was done to us, doesn't mean it's right to do. It doesn't mean it needs to be passed on. And that's just my final points on that. Hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, Miss Rowe, uh, what, what are your final thoughts as, as we walk out of here? I want to say that I am so clear that boys need to have struggles and challenges and hardship and that that is a part of African culture for boys to go through rites of passage to become men. I'm so clear that we are so disconnected from our African roots that we try to make ourselves believe that what that looks like is physically trying to fight our own children. In our continent that we come from, we are. it is very strongly ingrained in us that we are to only fight enemies. We are only to try to put our hands on enemies. The, the children in African villages and African great cities across the African nation, when their fathers put them, them through rites of passage, they make sure that they know how to fight. They, know, they make sure they know how to defend. They make sure that they know how to find food. They make sure that they know how to protect their family. And you don't, they don't do that in a way that removes their masculinity before it fully develops. What we're talking about today is a whole bunch of American men who don't know what it would have been like if their masculinity was never stolen from them so young. It's called childhood emasculation. And everybody in Africa knows that you're supposed to hold the boy's emasculation in the palm of your hands like something so valuable because it's not developed yet. You're not supposed to take it away. And I also want to say that we have to remember that when you teach your son or your daughter that they need to comply with their body in order for someone else to do what they want, that is the gateway to sexual abuse. And it's exactly why Black America has an extremely odd and sick number and rate of sexual abuse of children. We can't be ignoring all of these things. It's too out of control. The sexual abuse thing is connected to the physical abuse thing. Bend over, let me hit you is the next step before bend over and let me do something else. Okay, mm. let's all be clear. And the last thing I want to say is we have super parenting course. And that's what we offer to make sure that people are clear about the healing that needs to happen for us to be good parents and then how to apply great parenting as African bloody people. We don't need more fatherless children. We don't need more coaches thinking and understanding that they can do whatever they want because the mothers are so desperate for the child to have a father figure in their lives. It's sad and it's a pathetic attempt at a father. The reason he did what he did is because he knew that nobody was gonna stop him, including the mother. Mm. All right. All right. So, um, I, and I love what, what Ro just said and that, that for some reason that everything everybody says comes back in my head to take care of your own damn kids. Uh, don't, don't, don't let the football coach be the father for your kids. You get out there, but, but also to that point of, um, emasculation, you know, you, you did, you did see a, a, a grown man dominating a nine-year-old, which doesn't make you much of a man at all. Anybody can dominate a nine-year-old. And, uh, and so I think that there's something to be said about that. Uh, so Juan, uh, your, your final, uh, statement. 
I just think hey, that we need as men. Uh, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, there's a delay. Go I just ahead. think we just need to step up. Oh, it is. okay. Yeah, I just think we just need to step up as men, uh, protect our village. Um, also, we as men have to show compassion. And there was no no reason for this man to do what he did to that child. And it seems like there's a systemic culture, I guess, that was ingrained in him. Maybe like uh, based on John said, based on his occupation, the environment that he's been in. And we just need to 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 also be cognizant of that element as well. But at the same time, whenever we see something that ain't right, we just need to have the courage, the the fortitude just to go ahead and, and, and handle it, you know. And like the brother said, the power that that statement he made would have been an apology. More more so than what it was. Um, it just it just heart disheartens me to see what happened happen. The mm. men in that man. football now hey, this here. this young man is going to be staying in some form of fact. The men mm-hmm. who were there should have tackled him to the ground. There should have mm-hmm. been immediately mm-hmm. immediate retaliation. Mm-hmm. I agree. That is completely unacceptable. <laughs> there is yeah. nothing that gets gotta... me more heated <laughs> than child abuse. You want to make me lose my mind? Child <laughs> abuse. Our children need us. They need us so badly. There's nobody in their corner. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about them. Yep. Nobody cares about our children. Mm. Hey, boys, mm. you're supposed to get hands and feet put on them, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to get them fifth war bees, yeah. you know. Yeah, we should have got a, a, a Q-ass whipping. We <laughs> got a ass with him. Supposed to be reading some Nikes. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. So, so, so uh, now that we've all agreed that uh, that we, what we would do, we we knew this guy, um, John F. Thomas. I'd like to hear your final thought on this. Uh, what's on your mind, brother? That uh, at the end of the day, like this guy needs therapy. Like I said, he's supposed to be, if anything, a backup male figure for this kid and he is the worst example of what that male figure should be and not only him i mean because a lot of times we just want to attack the person but it should be a reflection also upon us that he felt so comfortable to do that so we need to step in just like uh Ro said and Juan said that other people should have stepped in and stopped him and we as men, the same thing like John uh, Harris said earlier, we as men need to step in even sooner. When we see something wrong, we need to step in and stop that because we are honestly all we got. The black men, again, we need to support and protect one another and correct one another when one of us does something wrong. And that's not cool because we're supposed to be a village. We're supposed to be a community. And we need to start acting more like it because we are being attacked from all corners, all angles. And here we are in this video attacking each other. <laughs> a person that's supposed to protect me is attacking me, not out of love, but out of anger because I made a few mistakes. And that's, that's not even the right way of, of discipline. You know, so we sure. need to just crowd around one another and, and, and support one another, help one another, correct one another. And all of us honestly need therapy. This man needs therapy. We are going through so much mentally that we all need therapy. And a lot of this stuff would be fixed if we just gave ourselves a, a little bit, well, not not a little bit, a lot more self-love. 
Mm. Well, I think that's yeah. a great point. And, uh, and I will second that, that emotion by saying that um, as a person who has gotten therapy myself and I've learned how to give myself therapy, I'm big on self-help and, and overcoming your own self. Um, you know, no matter how healthy you are mentally, you, everybody can benefit from therapy. You know, if you're already good, then you could become great. You know, therapy can help you become a great person. Or if you are a bad person or you got some areas that are problematic, you know, there is therapy out there that can help you. And it doesn't mean that that, that you're just unworthy. It means you're worthy of improvement. You're worthy of greatness. You're worthy of your potential and your possibility. So I'm a big believer in therapy. And I will publicly state that um, I, to this day, uh, go through lots and lots of therapeutic stuff. And uh, that's how you find your balance. That's how you find your peace and find your bliss in, in a crazy world. So uh, I want to say thank you very much to all the panelists uh, on tonight's Intellectual Chocolate Panel. Thank you very much, uh, John Harris, uh, Jeff Lightsey Jr., uh, Ro Gronganois. Did, did I get it right, Ro? Am I close? Uh, okay, we got to practice. So Ro <laughs> and uh, 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 CEO of Black Wealth U. Uh, also uh, Juan McAllister, uh, Chef Juan uh, John F. Thomas, award-winning filmmaker and a writer and director out of Hollywood. And uh, thank you all for hanging out with us. Do me a favor before you go. Please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Uh, also, subscribe to the Black Boss channel. If you haven't done it yet, uh, it's a great platform, especially for those who want to hear from black men or if you are a black man. And uh, also, uh, don't forget at the theallblackagenda.com, there is a lot of uh, resources there where you can actually take control of your family and make your life better. A lot of the resources are very much free. For example, we link to Ice Cube's contract of Black America, which is very good. The $5 a day investment plan, which is very good. There's a lot of resources there, which are very good. So feel free to go to the allblackagenda.com. And uh, also, last thing I'll say, this is a personal thing, is uh, everybody who's out here coaching these kids, don't take this stuff too serious. Because you know, all of us know somebody where things didn't work out in high school and you're like reliving <laughs> Your high school days through through a damn eight year old. Come on, man. You you really you need to be first in line with therapy if you're trying to relive high school through you know through a bunch of you know pee wee kids. Right? They're they're out there trying to have fun. Make sure they're better off after working with you than they were before they got there. Uh, because that's one thing I never understood is is some of these coaches that really take the coaching that serious. You know, it's it's not that serious. Not to, and this guy's going to go to jail most likely. And, uh, and I don't think it's worth going to jail and losing your job. So let's not do that. So thanks a lot, everybody. It's great to see you and uh, everybody have a good night. Hashtag be one in the channel on your way out. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Peace. Bye.